0: I'm reading from chapter from Luke 24, verses 13 to 35, the walk to Emmaus. Now on that same day, <clears throat> Excuse me. two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem, and talking with each other about all these things that had happened. While they were talking and discussing, Jesus Himself came near and went with them, but their eyes were kept from recognizing him, and he said to them, "What are you discussing with each other while you walk along?" They stood still looking sad. Then one of them, whose name was Clevus, answered him, "Are you the only stranger in Jerusalem who does not know the things that have taken place there in these days?" He asked them what things they replied the things about jesus of nazareth who was a prophet mighty in deed and word before god and all the people and how our chief priests and leaders handed him over to be condemned to death and crucified him but we had hoped that he was the one to redeem israel yes and besides all this and found it just as the women had said, but they did not see him. Then he said to them, Oh, how foolish you are and how slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have declared. Was it not necessary that the Messiah should suffer these things and then enter into his glory? Then, beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them the things about himself in all the scriptures. As they came near the village to which they were going, he walked ahead as if he were going on. But they urged him strongly, saying, Stay with us, because it is almost evening and the day is now nearly over. while he was opening the scriptures to us that same hour they got up and returned to jerusalem and they found the eleven and their companions gathered together they were saying the lord has risen indeed and he has appeared to simon then they told what had happened on the road and how he had been made known to them in the breaking of the bread
1: Thank you for the warmth of your welcome. It was good to be welcomed by so many people when I arrived. Uh, It's usually the test of a church uh, that my wife and I used to do when I was president was to stand in the middle of a room and wait and see if anybody came up to us. But they do hear, so that was good. And thank you, Simon, for your welcome. It's good to be here to share with you. It was my privilege to visit my neighbor Tom over the last few months, especially to share in the last days of his declining health. Tom died last month at the age of 93, having worked all his life, like his saviour, as a carpenter. The beautifully carved pieces of furniture and wall panels, as well as the more regular pieces of repair and handiwork in buildings including in fact the church where I worship are witnesses to his skillful dedication to his skill to his work in our conversations Tom would lament the state of society and the world and he would ask serious questions about how God could be seen to be at work in such a world one of the many cards his widow Anne receives had this message in fond memory of the man who cared enough to ask the lord questions and who would not rest until he found some answers i suggested to tom that his own gifts and skill with which he transformed rough pieces of wood was a parable a picture of the way in which god works in our world this is how many of our conversations progressed asking questions seeking answers be it about creation and the origin of the universe or the interpretation of Scripture and particularly about how and where God was at work in the world we of course are still asking questions but Tom will now have all the answers he could ever want as he shares in the eternal love of Christ the emmaus road is one of those biblical stories that speaks to us about jesus sharing our journey and making sense of our deepest needs and feelings and jesus presents us with an example of how we might walk with others that we meet in life this is one of the most familiar easter resurrection stories It's often recounted at Eucharistic services where the Lord's Supper is celebrated. Jesus revealed in the breaking of bread. The experience of Cleopas and his companion, of their hearts burning within them, speaks of Christ encountering us. This story of Jesus joining the two disciples leaving Jerusalem for Emmaus on that first Easter evening has been a deeply important text for me the center of my faith journey is based on an ongoing relationship with the Christian scriptures and in my personal encounters with the risen Lord Jesus for me the scriptures contain pathways of God's grace in the life of the Jewish people and in particular and the particular characters then In the communities of the Old Testament story which culminates in Jesus and his own followers the Emmaus Road experience is more than a story that happened once upon a time it's a blueprint of what being a follower of the post-resurrection Christ means so Jesus encounters us Jesus never forces his way on us on the road to Emmaus on this first Easter evening he says what are you discussing together as you walk along tell me about it what's your story the women have discovered the empty tomb resulting in a mixture of fear and joy and confusion and disbelief Cleopas and his companion have left for home behind them they've left those sad tragic and traumatic events the seven mile walk from Jerusalem to Emmaus would have taken at least two hours and today their pace no doubt would have been much slower because of their emotional state their conversation is heavy with sorrow and disappointment and sheer bewilderment as they walk a stranger joins them may have caught up with them unnoticed because they were so engrossed in their own concerns they didn't see the stranger coming. The stranger asks them what they're talking about. What seems to have made you so sad? Cleopas' reply is sharp. Are you the only visitor in Jerusalem who doesn't know the things that have been happening there? The stranger invites them to tell him what things tell me about it so Cleopas tells the story of Jesus his story is made up of the ministry of Jesus in word and action the crucifixion that completed it and the hope of resurrection which filled that ministry with meaning we have the empty grave and the witness to the fact that the grave was empty we have everything here except a personal word from the living christ which would in turn bring the facts alive he was even there with them but still their hearts remain cold there is no gospel without the experience of jesus alive we can attend church services every week But if we have not invited Jesus into our lives, then it will seem rather empty. This is the nub of the problem for many folk within our community and even within some of our churches. We can talk about joy and peace and the reality of the presence of Jesus in our lives, but there is no joy unless the gospel facts become alive in our own personal experience. We each need to accept Jesus into our lives. And then we're able to affirm that life does have meaning and that that meaning is found in Christ. It's in his words to us that do this. Just as his words made sense of the jigsaw of pieces that the women saw at the tomb and the story that Cleopas tells on the road to Emmaus our testimony is of our own experience of Jesus accompanying us on the journey of faith each of us has a personal story to tell a journey of faith a journey of ecstasy and pain of loneliness and the company of others of doubts and challenges and certainties we must find ways of sharing these stories in our worship and in our fellowship together and in the witness of our daily lives I've written my experience of God's grace throughout my life in the book that Simon pointed to earlier during a visit to El Salvador with BMS world mission I was invited to visit the Jesuit University of Central America in San Salvador on entering the university, I was offered the opportunity to visit the Rose Garden, where on the morning of November the 16th, 1989, an elite battalion of the Salvadoran army entered the grounds of the university with orders to kill Father Ignacio Elacuria. Curia. He was an outspoken critic of the Salvadoran military dictatorship they were to leave no witnesses. When it was over, the soldiers had killed six Jesuit priests, a housekeeper and her daughter in cold blood. The Jesuits massacre is one of the most notorious crimes of El Salvador's 12 year civil war, which left over 75,000 people dead. I was told that if I wanted to enter the Rose Garden, I first of all needed to look through a photograph album which contained photographs of the bodies of those who had been tortured and murdered so that I would understand the pain that the members of the university community felt I can assure you this was not a pleasant experience and I wondered what it was that enables one human being to brutalize and mutilate another It is difficult to speak after such a visit. I signed the record of remembrance and then silently went to stand in the rose garden in front of a simple plaque of remembrance for those who had been killed. This was a deeply disturbing spiritual experience and yet at the same time it was the privilege of being encountered once again by God. I heard that clear voice speaking to me Would you be prepared to do this for me? Lay down your life for truth and justice? The silence was palpable, and on a very hot lunchtime, I felt cold shivers running through me. I knew the answer that I would wish to make, but I'm not convinced that such an answer could be easily given. so what about the community in which we live in the Emmaus story we find these disciples encountered by Jesus helped to understand the meaning of Scripture encouraged to know the resurrection presence of Jesus and given a pattern for helping others to life in all its fullness through walking beside them on life's road in our fellowship life together and in our part of the mission of Christ we might learn from Jesus's way of dealing with people his interest in them his understanding of their way of life tell me your story what stories will our friends and neighbors tell and what are their questions and observations of the world in which all of us live our own society has changed and the church is no longer at the center. Yet some churches, like this one here in Bloomsbury, are heavenly involved in community projects and the care of the disadvantaged. This is a contribution that is increasingly recognized by local and national government, and they encourage and support churches to be involved in community projects there is much happening at a local level with food banks debt counseling housing grants and with such organizations as christians against poverty and involvement with non-church groups such as citizens UK so there are three important questions about our engagement with the society we seek to serve does our church effectively help us to live in the contemporary world to engage faith with life and work issues is our church effective in preparing people for their role in mission to understand the current context and to experience the power and presence of God is our church an attractive community to those who don't know Jesus do we present Jesus for example Are we a demonstration of Christ-like love? Now I suspect from what I already know of this church, I do follow you on the website and on YouTube from time to time, and I suspect that Bloomsbury would answer all of these questions positively. If we all live in the world, why is the church alien to those with whom we live the rest of the week? We need a reality and an integrity in all we do and say. Christianity that is relevant to daily living will be honest and open and vulnerable. It doesn't censor the agony of broken relationships, the bewilderment of unanswered questions, the struggle of work, the scandal of death, the impact of evil on ourselves and those around us too often the church looks to be life denying rather than life affirming we have emphasized a sacred secular divide which our christian forebears would not have recognized we believe that some parts of our life are really not important to god things like work and school and sport and television and politics and sex But anything to do with prayers and church services and church-based activity is vitally important many people have never heard a sermon on the theology of work the god-given joy of committed sexual relationships our political responsibility or how to challenge the many opinions that we see and read in the media seeking justice Finding satisfaction and contentment are conversations that we might have with our neighbors. It is in Christ that we find value and love and purpose. Someone who makes sense of life and who can hold on to us in the nighttime of our fear and anxiety. With the gathered body of Christ in our worship on Sundays, and in our midweek meetings there we are strengthened to be the scattered church that we are where we are involved in the mission of Christ the gospel is about saving and transforming the people of god to function as an alternative community in which the justice and compassion and creativity of god Are demonstrated and by its very existence such a community will challenge the corrupting systems and hierarchies of the world and will demonstrate that things can be different and we will maintain the hope that sin and death will not have the last word in the life of our community And of course we journey with others if Jesus is going to change the world what sort of community will his followers have to be Jesus is a model for the way in which we understand people to set Jesus's ministry his words and stories in context we recognize that he spent the first 30 years of his life amongst ordinary people sharing the common life of the village community of Nazareth perhaps occasionally journeying to a family celebration in another village for example a wedding celebration a cana or an annual pilgrimage to jerusalem for the passover or one of the other major jewish religious festivals the picture is of village life a small local synagogue obedience to parents work in the local building and furniture trade as a carpenter alongside his father. This was not a significant place to grow up from a worldly point of view as Nathaniel was quick to point out to Philip, can anything good come out of Nazareth? But for us, this upbringing, this life experience was extremely important. This was God's self-emptying. This was the place where Jesus learned about people and life in the raw. This is where Jesus entered into people's stories. This is where God shares my life and shares my experience and understands what it means to be me, to means to be you, knows what makes us laugh, what makes us cry. Here is a model for our ministry and involvement in the mission of Christ. Understanding people sharing their lives drawing on our own experience of living the life of our friends and neighbors we know our neighbors lives and questions their joys and concerns because they're also ours we understand the impact of the news of the war in in ukraine the latest pointless killing of a young person on our streets the continuing financial crisis because we share the feelings of sorrow and anger and fear and anxiety and despair but we're also able to speak of how our faith in Christ suffering with and for the world in love has supported and strengthened us through all of this and has given us peace. For this reason, it's often the congregation who are the experts in the mission of church, not the pastor, because they share the same life as their neighbors, and they're in the best position to be the church's evangelists. So as we talk about all those people with whom we are in contact, we remind ourselves that for many of those people, life doesn't make sense. For many people, Jesus is simply a character in history, perhaps, or simply an expletive to express exasperation. We know lots of people who are asking questions, expressing their view that the world is a terrible or a terrifying place, or simply struggling through life with no hope, except perhaps a win on the lottery, Grand National. A life that's controlled by fate how do we share the gospel with such people how do we minister to them like Cleopas with whom Jesus walked on the road to Emmaus they may have some knowledge of the ministry crucifixion claims of the empty tomb but it's not helping them so how do we help people to understand and to find meaning to life that meaning that we have found in Jesus? The answer is that we need to follow Jesus' pattern. First, we listen to people, we invite them to tell their story, to recount their experiences of life and the world, to tell us what they understand about those experiences, what they mean to them, what they mean for them. Secondly, We share with them what we know of Jesus, how the story of God's story in the Bible makes sense, how his words to us have made sense of our lives, how we have experienced Christ in all areas and aspects of our lives. And then thirdly, we stay with people. Whatever they think, whatever they believe, we're not put off, we demonstrate care interest and love we eat with them we welcome them into our homes and last prayerfully they will see something in the integrity of our lives that will be to them joy and peace and love something attractive that they will also desire Jesus sat down to eat with Cleopas and his companion took the bread gave thanks broke it and gave it to them and they recognized him and he disappeared. When they reflected on how they felt they realised the truth of the good news no longer sad they rushed back to Jerusalem to share what they know with the other disciples I wonder how much faster they covered the return journey. In Jerusalem, they find that Jesus is risen. He's appeared to Peter. And as they tell their story, Jesus appears to them all. Returning to Jerusalem and sharing that experience with the community of faith, that's important. We need to share our experiences of God, shared in the community of faith. Sharing together our stories. We have just shared the 25th anniversary of the Belfast Peace Agreement. Northern Ireland has a very important place in my heart, and I've visited there for the last 30 years through the Troubles and then after the Peace Agreement. And I continue to pray for peace in Northern Ireland at the height of the troubles the late David Watson evangelist author vicar of Saint Michael the belfry in York was invited to preach at a Belfast church there had been yet another terrorist atrocity and the congregation were depressed bowed down with pain and despair and a lack of hope he stood in the pulpit and invited the congregation to stand And to repeat the words Jesus is Lord over and over and over again as they did he comments they began to start up stand upright their faces relaxed and hope spread to their eyes they recognize that Jesus Christ is Lord of all and that he is with us he journeys with us and we journey with others in the truth and hope of those words to the God of resurrection we give our failures our disappointments our sorrows our worries our pain our problems our doubts knowing that in Christ there is redemption restoration and resurrection so we can shout out our Easter greeting. Hallelujah! Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. Let me add a postscript. At a college retreat in South Wales at the beginning of this century, a retreat that was actually led by Simon and our colleague Karen Smith, Those of us who gathered were each invited to reflect on how we understood ourselves and God. And I wrote the following prayer with which I begin my book. So I invite you to listen to this prayer. Here I am Lord, fractured, flawed, failing but in Christ I am redeemed restored renewed and through the Spirit I am brought into a relationship being transformed becoming truly human Hear my thanksgiving God my Creator Christ my Savior Holy Spirit my companion, for you are the eternal God, watching, waiting, within and without, my friend, my savior and risen Lord, now and forever, Amen. What would you write?
2: Before I pray, I just feel I need to share with you that I had the great honor of meeting Father Ignacio Ellacuria just a few months before he was ber- murdered with his colleagues. And you can imagine that that event had a tremendous impact on me. We have somewhere in the church, I don't know where it is now, it used to be in, or used to be in the chapel, Uh, a hand-painted cross from El Salvador, which was given to us by the Baptists of First Baptist Church um, in memory of Maria Cristina Gomez, who was a Baptist woman teacher, who also was abducted and murdered for her work with women's women's literacy groups. So we do have a long connection uh, with El Salvador so now let us pray and i'm going to use a prayer taken from christian aids um, rage and hope a collection of prayers produced for the 75th anniversary of uh, christian aids foundation and it's focusing on bread and breaking bread as we read in our bible passage um, earlier Creator God, show us how to bake in the kingdom of God, not the flat bread of a cold equality that is reasonable, clinical, and clean, but the yeasted, enriched dough of a joyful, generous, and overflowing abundance. Loving Jesus, who broke unleavened bread at your last supper and who then, risen from death, shared bread at your disciples' table so that their eyes were opened. Come now to us in our time and open our eyes to imagine new the kingdom of God. Breath of God, Holy Spirit, Revive the dull, leaden dough of our tired world, and lighten our justice-making with bubbles of confident hope that we may do our work, that we may pound and knead as we wait and long for the rising of a new world in which all are fed and all are full with the richness of
1: life. Amen. May the peace of Christ be with you. May the mind of Christ give shape to your thoughts. May the emptiness of Christ release you. May the equality of Christ diminish you. May the likeness of Christ ennoble you. May the death of Christ be your death. May the exaltation of Christ revive you. May the name of Christ cause you to draw
0: breath. Amen.